What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into the podcast. Very special guest today, Kid Super. I'm happy to be here. I feel very, very professional and insightful through these microphones. It's pretty special. We were talking about it just before we went live, but can you imagine if you were walking around all day being able to hear yourself? You'd feel pretty important all day long. It's like a little ego boost. Bruce Almighty. (laughs) I am God. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be. It's been a busy week, busy couple months. So yeah, now I'm here to just, you know, vent, tell you my life story. Hailing from Brooklyn. Is that correct? I was born in Manhattan, Okay, but yes. Um, I went to high school in Brooklyn. Okay. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Brooklyn Tech. Okay. Very yes. cool. Did you enjoy, have you always li- loved and lived in Brooklyn? So um, growing up, I moved almost every two years until I was 12. Um, so I lived in a ton of different places from Chicago to Mexico to Wisconsin, um, then back to New York. So yeah, my my childhood kind of made me feel like everything was a new space. Like I never felt like home. Okay. And so when I finally moved back to New York, I was like, all right, I'm going to stay here and this is going to be my home. And so I went to college in New York City and kind of was like, I felt like I was always running away from everything when I was moving as a child. So I was like, okay, I need to make a stamp in New York City. Like I want my neighborhood to be like my home. And I always wanted those, uh, like the stories where like the kid goes back to his hometown and everyone's like, oh, Column, like the <laughs> bodega man is everyone's like, oh, Column. <laughs> and I never had that because I was always moving. So now, you know, the kid super world has kind of made me a little stamp in my uh, neighborhood and hopefully in the future in my city of New York. And you've been in New York ever since? I've been in New York ever since. Do you think moving all those times and to all those places as as a youngster gave you a good perspective on everything, though? What it made me, one, is um, I was always good. Like, first impressions was everything. You know what I mean? I was the yeah. f- new kid in school, like, six times over or seven times or over. So, um I was always good at meeting people and be like, hi, my name's Colm. Like, I don't know if I'll ever see you again, but let's make the most of these moments. That's great. So that was kind of my whole outlook on life. Kind of a super optimistic, super like, let's make the best out of every moment. And I think that translated to the brand that is Kid Super. I love that, man. Make the most out of every single moment. That's a good mentality to have. Yeah. That's amazing. So you've been in New York ever since. Uh, have you adapted to the culture of New York from a sports standpoint? I already know the answer, but... Yeah, definitely. I mean, so I was born in New York, so I'd travel to all these places. And like when they'd be like, pick a team, I'd be like, well, you know, I'm from New York, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. So I was always a big... Uh, I mean, the Yankees... I'm not a huge baseball fan and I would never uh, lie and say I was, but um, you know, the aesthetic of New York and this logo and the stripes is definitely something that kind of is bigger than the sport of baseball um, and kind of represents the city. So um, I'm a big soccer fan, Um, grew up playing. I know probably every good soccer player in New York city that plays soccer. Maybe. Do if you, you know do you know Daniel? <laughs> Daniel got hits. <laughs> um I do know him, but um he he's like the 
Freestyler. Yeah, freestyler. So he was the first guest on the podcast. Okay. I do know he did like a <laughs> Jägermeister thing with me. I'm sure. <laughs> so, um, but he's not like a soccer, soccer. He's no, like, he's a, like, he's like a, a, a freestyler, social media, soccer player. And he's not from New York. No, he's not. So but he resides in New York. He now resides in New York. And I actually do know him now, but I've actually never, he always says, like when I met him, I was like, are you actually good at soccer? And he was like, yeah, like, so we'll see. (laughs) I haven't played soccer, soccer with him. He's good though. I've seen him play. Yeah. He's good. Um, So favorite sport is soccer. Do you have a second favorite? Soccer, soccer, soccer. Um, My second favorite sport um, to play or to watch? Either or. Um, to watch, mm, I'm such like a, like I've been to the past four world cups. Wow. When I was 17, I went to Brazil for a year <laughs> to play like th- the second place to soccer so far. Do you have a favorite place to travel? Um, so when I was 17, I went a year in Brazil to play soccer and I love the culture and, the language and the food and the music and everything about that place. So, I mean, Brazil is definitely culture wise, one of my favorite. There's like a word in um, Portuguese. Um, I'm actually, when I don't know what to design, I write it. So it says it here. I don't know if the camera can see, but um, it says Hezenya. And that's like slang, uh, Brazilian, I guess. Um, and it's a huge word in the soccer community, but it basically means chit chat. Okay. But if let's say we're talking like this and we see mm-hmm. someone, we're like, Hazenia, Hazenia. And it kind of like it's demands like them to come and yeah. just talk shit. <laughs> Whoa. And so like, you don't really, there's no word in English like that. Like you would never be like chit chat, chit chat, or like, I guess cup. And then when like, let's say you say a good story, yeah. we'll be like, and I'm like, oh, what like good chit chat. That's amazing. So it kind of describes the culture of Brazil where it's like, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's, they have like a, um, like an importance. They stress an importance to like just having a good time and talking and stuff. So that's yeah. Awesome, man. I wish just in the middle of a podcast, we could just be like, this is a great talk. Y- yeah. This is a Fantastic good chit chat. Exactly. No, that's great though. So Brazil ranks number one on your favorite place to travel. My mom's from Spain okay. and my dad's from Ireland. So I moved a lot, grown, or like I've been to many different places. Um, Do you still enjoy going to different countries and continents? So as I said, I was moving so much as a little kid that mm-hmm. traveling to me was kind of, I wouldn't say traumatic, right. but I wasn't like, oh, I wasn't always so stressed to leave I was more stressed to make a place my home which is weird to say and weird for me to analyze right now but um yeah so I have traveled a lot um at the moment I have no desires to truly travel more I'm trying to make New York City as much of my home as possible and what I love about New York City is anything you need or want is here culturally and whatever other things you desire. <laughs> yeah, or is here at some point in time. You right. Know, you know, every different fashion week right. or whatever it may be throughout the year or fashion week really like four times a year right. every season. So everything does come through New York at least one point as well as just 
the overall population. And everybody, everybody always says, and I'm sure you hear this a lot, that you know, everybody's in LA. Right. All the artists are in LA. Right. All right. the actors are in LA. Yeah, but their premieres are here. <laughs> right. No, and when I went to LA, um, there's like it's just a different, it's a different vibe. But also what I love about New York City is getting lost. Yeah. You can get lost in New York City and kind of find your way and meet new people and kind of experience new things. In LA, when I was lost, I was just lost. Like I had no idea where to go and then I just went back home. You know what I mean? So there isn't that there I felt like in LA to really you need to know people. And not that I didn't know people, but I didn't experience it like that. I was kind of, yeah. I was kind of like, okay, I'll just go somewhere and explore. And yeah, LA is a place about meeting people. But I, that was my main thing about traveling. It was like the people that you meet and the people you're with is what makes traveling good. So you can yeah. go anywhere and it's all these human connections. So yeah, I think human connections for me is more important than um, going somewhere else. Yeah, it's just about good energy from from a people standpoint. That's really all that ever matters in general, let yeah. alone, you know, when traveling. But, you know, like in LA, are you getting lost in like traffic? On, I was just on like, I was just like, okay, I know nothing about LA. Yeah. I rented a Turo. Let okay. me go try to find some, like I've heard of Venice or I've yeah. heard of these, th- like Hollywood Heard side. of the beach. Yeah. yeah. So I just would drive there and be like, now where do I go? Yeah. Something that I've noticed about LA too is people are so slow there. Right. Like what I most love about New York, and I'm sure you feel the same way, or at least in in your own capacity of it, people in LA take so much time off. They relax so much out of the day. Days are very short. Like you're sleeping eight hours on a great day. You know, you're eating for two hours. Like you're traveling for two hours, however long it is throughout the day. That leaves you with like eight hours. Right. What are you going to do in those eight hours? And people in LA are going to be like, oh, let's relax. Right. I didn't experience that yet. And everybody always talks about that. Like, oh, you'd be super fast and crush LA because everyone moves slow. But uh, when I was in LA, I was just working on stuff. So I didn't really... That's sick. I didn't notice the... uh, What I just... What I found funny was um, the people in suits are agents. And, yes. and the people in suits here are finance people. Right. And that was a funny little uh, like <laughs> switch. I was like, oh, like the finance people know about like what the economy in South America is doing or which like natural resource to buy or sell or sugar <laughs> commodity. And they know like what's Brad Pitt's like yeah. favorite dessert. <laughs> so I was like, this is a funny little weird. Uh, but every place is where you make it. So that's what I've noticed. I mean, I lived in Mexico. I lived in Chicago. I lived in Beloit, Wisconsin. I lived in New York City. I lived in Brazil. So um, yeah, each place all had the special moments. And New York's where you you, you put it as reigning supreme. New York, what New York is great at, and I always tell people is like, it makes your goals and dreams tangible because the person you want to be is living within a five mile radius of you. So if you want to be a designer, a actor, a doctor, a lawyer, a fine, whatever you want to be, there's a human in New York City that's that person. So it makes it feel possible. So like, oh, I want to be this. Like you can go run into that person and be like, oh, this is possible. He's doing it. So I can do it. There's a lot of places around the world where it doesn't feel possible because there, places. there aren't examples of it. 
So that's what I really like about New York City. You really feel like you can make it whatever it yeah, is. For sure. And then do you believe in surrounding yourself with the same type of person that you want to be, but also being you know, the least experienced, least intelligent person in every room you try to be in? I would love that. Yeah, but that is that's. I wouldn't say that's the scenario of my <laughs> life. Um, uh, most of my like best friends don't do anything that I do currently. You know what I mean? Aren't in yeah. the worlds that I'm in. Makes sense. They're just kind of good people. Um, and that's like a lot of people come meet us and everybody, and they're like, "Wow, you guys are just good guys." But um. I would love to have a mentor, like what yeah. people describe as, but I've never had a mentor. I'm still searching for you, mentor, <laughs> to change my life and give me drops of wisdom yeah. that will, you know. And I, I think just as important as that is good energy. Right. Like as long as you're surrounded by people that uplift you and people with good energy, as opposed to the opposite, which like some, I'm sure you've left conversations where somebody will literally drain you of everything you have. So, oh, I just want to go to bed. Right. Whereas the alternative could be somebody that hypes you that like the hell up and then you're ready to rock. Right. Yeah. There are two types of people and those are the types of people. And then there are like the in-betweens where, you know, you forget about it afterwards. Yeah. But you distinctly will remember and it'll stick with you, the people that drain you and the people that, that make you like, yo, like it's go time. Yeah, I think I'm a big go time person. Yeah, um, yeah. My when when I want to do something, my energy is pretty high up there. <laughs> so, how quickly do you decide to do something and then try to go out and execute on it? Like I'm doing a fashion show in Paris in a month and a half, and I decided like a week ago, and so now it's happening. <laughs> which has been my planning abilities have always. Uh, been last minute since forever, but yeah, this is pretty last minute. So I have to design like a full, like 40 look collection in the next four weeks, which is pretty hard because of manufacturing and stuff. Do you prefer that to the alternative of getting like four months notice in advance? I just literally can't. Something about me is like, if I had, if I had a year or something, it'd still be down to the last minute. (laughs) I think rules and deadlines are my biggest like inspiration. Okay. So it's like, oh, we have two weeks. Like now I have to think on my feet and do it. And it's like, oh wow, I just came up with this. (laughs) But if I never set a deadline, it'd just be, but that's a huge thing. So I've done a couple art shows and paintings and stuff. And paintings is a huge thing. It's like really hard to know when you're finished Mm. because there's different, obviously there's different styles when like, if you're a realistic painter, it's like, oh, if it looks exactly like the person I'm done. But my art style is not so much like that. So it's like, when are you fully done? Cause you can always keep adding and always like, so how do you determine that? So like the deadline really does help. So (laughs) the last art show I had, like all the paintings were wet and I was, I had a paintbrush. Like I remember we opened at six, I was painting at five 45. Wow. And so then you back up and you're like, you know what? That is pretty nice. And you're like, that's finished. <laughs> you sound like me in high school. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely, I'm, I sound like me in high school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I mean, there's obviously you don't want to be underprepared and stuff yeah, like that. For but, sure. Um, there's a little bit of magic that comes with like deadlines and rules and that last minute of like needing to finish kind of like a survival, you know, <laughs> like 
strong, yeah, str- like when super strength comes because you're on the edge of your boat and you must lift it up or something. It's that do or die thing, you know. I think yeah. if if I if either one of us were put in the 100 meter dash at the Olympics and somebody was running behind us with a sword, we will run faster. Right, right. Like there's exactly. no doubt about that in my mind. Right, that we will run at least a second faster. I don't know if we're winning, but we're no. definitely. <laughs> But we're we're not coming in last. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if the last guy gets knocked off the face right. of the planet, we're not coming in last. Right. And I think that's that do or die instinct that comes in with deadlines as well. I think so too. Although, you know, it can get dangerous for people that, you know, are doing that for the first time. Like yeah. let's say kids in high school don't read the book that they then they're presenting on. That is not I'm always super prepared. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sometimes, but I've also or gotten uh, like known for being able to pull things off with a short amount of time, which is a good and bad thing. Cause then the next time people are like, Oh, you did that in like <laughs> four days, you could pull yeah. it off. And then, so you end up many sleepless nights. So what's the most impressive thing in your mind that you pulled off in a very short period of time? Um, the thing that comes to mind that was like definitely deadline is I did a claymation music video in 11 days. Whoa. And that was, um, it was for Russ's Cherry Hill. And that definitely was one of those, like, we're not going to make it. And then, <laughs> and we had a strict deadline because he was releasing like his album. And so it had to come out before. And yeah, that was a hard one that I remember. Um, Are we talking sleepless nights, no food? There was like a moment where my body was like a little tingly. Oh, that you know it's, you know you've pushed it. Yeah, that's no I was like, "Oh, I need to." And I was like, "Macho um sent us like a bunch of um matcha bar stuff." Mm. And so I was just off the matcha for <laughs> 3 days and like yeah, my shit was green. So that's how wow. you, that's how you know you're overdoing it. <laughs> detailed. <laughs> Very detailed. <laughs> so uh, a claymation in 11 days. That was like a hard one. Um that was just like a fashion show in like a, two weeks before that was a hard one. They're always kind of deadlines. Um the art show in 3 weeks. Um that one was hard. But the claymation when I was like, I remember physically being like, fuck. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. The life you live. But then you finish and you're like, it was all worth it. It's kind of like working out, which I haven't started really. <laughs> but, you know, when you do a good workout session, you're like, this sucks. And after you're like, wow. I could conquer the world. For sure, man. It's all about the feeling afterwards. People don't understand that. Like when you're working out or when you're doing anything, the best feeling is not during it unless you're really, really in love with it. It's right when you finish. (laughs) Right. Because then you're like, well, let me do it again. Because that feeling, there's nothing better than it. Which is a weird way the world works. When you were growing up, is this what you saw yourself doing or did you want to be a professional soccer player? (laughs) I wanted to be a professional soccer player. Um, Yeah, no, I was... That was the thing. And what I keep bringing up is like, I dreamt of being a professional soccer player, right? But there was no examples, right? Of professional soccer players that were within my radius. Mm. And even being an American professional soccer player, there isn't really examples. There's like three examples and they're in the landscape of professional soccer players, like subpar or par. You know what I mean? Like the You weren't b- trying to be subpar. I, it wasn't that it was like, okay, like 
I don't know anyone from like New York City that's made it to be a successful professional soccer player. So that's kind of daunting. So then when I went to Brazil, it was crazy talking to these kids. And I was like, man, like we're so close to being professional soccer players. And they're like, I've been professional since I was 11. Like, well, I'm already a, like my uncle's a professional. My dad's a professional. Like this is, there's no doubt in my mind that we're professionals. And still in my head, I was like, whoa, there's still so much doubt. Like, I don't know if I can, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that kind of mental like uh, doubt hurts you. And then I went back to America and went to college and played in college. And then it was like slowly, but surely you get kind of out of the, like professional pool of being like truly, truly like a a professional player. And obviously there's so many different leagues in soccer. That's what's beautiful about soccer. Like you could go to like Romania and play third division and that's not super high, but also that's like a complete lifestyle change. For sure. So I had to make decisions about what, what I wanted to do. And I had already spent the year playing. So I had like kind of checked off like, professional lifestyle and then I got to college and then yeah the kid super thing was something I was always kind of doing I was always good at sports I like the main things my parents like made me be like I had to be good at soccer I had to be good in school you had to be good at soccer like had to be had to be good at school and had to be good at art so like every day after school my mom would be like painting with me and my dad would be like drilling me with math questions. And then I'd have to say drilling me with soccer balls. Yeah. No. And then I'd be, have to be like going to practice and stuff. So those were like the three tiers. And if I like slacked off in one, it would hurt my thing to do the others. So when I was growing up and playing, I was always doing the other two. So then when I went to school, I was always good at school. So I was a math major in college and then, I had the brand and then I was playing soccer and everyone's like, Oh, how can you be like so two side brained? Like how can you be creative and a math major? And like, that's just some horrible propaganda that humans, some lazy human created to prevent like the six year old kid who didn't get multiplication that quickly to just right. like completely give up on math, which is horrible. Cause I, when I was five, I was naturally gifted at math, but I hated like reading and writing. Mm -hmm. And nobody was like, oh, column, don't worry. Like you don't have to read. Like you'll never have to read in your future. So I ended up having to read and write and ended up being like a great reader and writer. But that's the same thing with math. There's just this weird like thing that everyone thinks oh you can just stop it or like I'm not a math person so my mom is that she's like ah I'm not a math person it's like you're not a math person because you fundamentally gave up at age six and math is a thing of bricks it's like building a building so if you're not good at the math there you're really not going to understand calculus but that's not because you're stupid it's because you just didn't work hard so I always try to like I'm trying to definitely change the perspective on math majors and stuff and how it's not creative and stuff like that. I think it's the most creative. We're both giving a problem, right? We both know the tools and rules of mm-hmm. what the universe is and who's creative enough to solve it the quickest and the fastest. So that's how I saw math. And I was like, oh, it's a game. Oh, this is so much fun. Oh, I can figure out. Da, da, da. And then I was leaving there and making t-shirts. 
Which How to, do those two things? Yeah, to me, those are the same. Time. Like the t-shirts was the problem. It was like, how am I going to figure out how to like make the best t-shirt or, I mean, yeah, t-shirt graphics is similar. It's like, in my mind, I think they're both like creative. For sure. I yeah. mean, math, you know, the way you just described it is similar to any sport. Right. You have your set of rules and then you try to do it better and faster than the other person does. Right. But t-shirts, there are no <laughs> sets of rules. There are though. That's what like, people, like you can't paint not on the t-shirt, right? So you're already in a square, right? You got there's, that right. There's different limitations in terms of like screen. <laughs> Somebody col- comes in with a projector. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Color, um, like now it's getting creative. Like you can do all over print, but you can not and stuff True. like that. So no, like designing the perfect t-shirt's a hard thing. Like I, I do a lot of paintings and stuff and I think a t-shirt's a little bit harder because you don't want to cover, I mean, it's the same thing, but you don't want to cover the whole t-shirt that often, like an all over print gets played out. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, no, there's different rules. There's different ways to be creative. Do you remember the first t-shirt you made? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. It was a stencil that I had, do you know what a Rube Goldberg is? No. It's like where you drop like a ball and it hits mad things and something else happens. You know, like those videos where like someone hits and their toast is made. Okay. That's like a Rube (laughs) Goldberg. So I had a Rube Goldberg class. I think it was like a robotics class or something in high school when in freshman year. And I made a Rube Goldberg, but I brought a stencil of Che Guevara because Mm. obviously you want that on your Rube Goldberg. And I spray painted it and made it like super artsy. And I grew up on Canal Street. Okay. Um, and they were send, selling mad Che Guevara t-shirts. So I was like, okay, I can, I'll make my own stencil from this. And then I remember I had a white t-shirt on and I was like, okay, I'll just spray paint the Che Guevara thing. And I wore it like every day for, for like a week. And like, everyone was like, oh, I want that shirt. I was like, oh, if it's your birthday, like I'll make you one. And then that That's started. Amazing. And then from there, people were asking for like custom birthday shirts. And then I was like a freshman, sophomore, um, and me and my friends- In high school? In high school. And me and my friends were like, hey, 10 Deep exists. Oh, Supreme exists. Like they're all from New York. Like we can be the next blah, blah, blah. So we were like, okay, we're going to get together. Everyone put in like $30 and let's make like a first run of t-shirts. So we made like- Probably like 60 t-shirts um, and brought them to the cafeteria and we're selling them out of the cafeteria um, and like different kids from our school. I went to Brooklyn Tech, which has like 6,000 kids. Wow. So we were like, okay, maybe this is enough to sell. And then we were like, okay, how are we going to get the market that's not our friend? Mm. You know what I mean? And that Smart. was that was like before Instagram literally impossible. You know what I mean? It was like, why does some random person on the street want to buy it? So we'd like, I'd set up like ironing tables in Soho and on Broadway and like had like a bed sheet and my shirts up and be like mm-hmm. 20 bucks, blah, blah, blah. And I would stand right outside the babe store. Cause that had like a mad line. And I remember all the kids were like, Oh, it's a fire shirt, but I'll give you like $10 for it. And I was like, you're about to spend $60 on some dumb babe, babe t-shirt. Like you should support me. And I was like getting in a fight with all That's the amazing. like- amazing. I love that. Like the line uh, from babe, um, which is hilarious. Super like, hardcore entrepreneurship from a young age. Yeah. And then I remember one like super rich dude. Um, I made like a world cup t-shirt 
and during the world, one of the world cups and some super rich dude came by and was like, I love these. And he was like from France and like clearly like France had just won or something. Yeah. And he was just feeling himself and he bought like 20 of them. And we were just ecstatic because we had like sold like two before. And then we like our total went to 22 and I was like, yes, we're on. Blah, blah, blah. And so that was um, in high school. And then I deferred a year and then I went to college and I remember the first thing was like, I need to meet someone who can make a website because that's how I'm going to get people that aren't my friends. So and what year was this? 10, 2010. Got it. Which is fucking crazy to think about because that's mad long ago. But yeah, I was a freshman in college, 2010 or 2011. Um, I think 2010. Um, so yeah, and then we launched... Uh, a website that I like drew the whole thing by hand, scanned it. And like each button was like hand drawn. And then I had like five items. Cause I was like, we need like more than a t-shirt. Because, catalog. Yeah. I was like, we need to look like yep. official. I was like, okay, <laughs> all I need is like a hat. Like yeah. that's huge for me. And I had like a hat with the floral brim. And like, I don't know if I invented that wave, but I might've invented that wave. Cause uh, it got super popular after I did it. But um, then, um, like a week in, I messaged. I was. I messaged Mac Miller's friend on um, Facebook, and I was like, "Big fan of Mac Miller. Big fan of um, everything that's going on. Like, I think you guys will like this tie dye shirt because Mac Miller and everybody was wearing tie dye, and I had made it like strictly for this reason." And he responded on Facebook and was like, "Yeah, like." Um, these are fire, like send us a box. And I was like, well, I'm actually in New York city. Um, if you're ever around, um, come by. Cause I knew like meeting me and understanding me and the mm -hmm. brand was like 90% of the brand, the clothing was whatever they got sent boxes of clothing all the time. So I was like, we need to meet. And I was like the power of New York city. Cause everybody sometimes comes here. Yep. So, and he re responded like, yo, we're in New York city now. Like, here's the address, pull up. And so I remember I was like, holy shit. Like, and the funny thing is like, I'm the same age as Mac Miller, yeah. which like obviously rest in peace and like super, super sad. But this is a beautiful moment that happened. But uh, so they called me and were like, come by. And um, I stacked like a box of, I think we were like both 18. I wow. had like a box of clothing and I brought him to, and he was shooting a music video. And I was like, wow, this is cool. And I remember he like stopped the music video and was like, yo, you the clothing kids? Like, show me it. I'll put it on right now. Blah, 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 blah. And like his energy was like 900%. And I was like, because there's a lot of like back backpack rappers mm -hmm. that didn't progress. <laughs> yes. And Mac Miller did. Yeah. And I knew like from that moment, like, Yes, he's musically talented, everything, but his personality was so enthusiastic that you so had to like, distance. yeah, you had to respect it. So he put on the hat, blah, blah, blah. And um, I was like, oh, he's going to wear it for the music video. But the music video was a suit music video. Like he was in a suit. And so he had to take it off and change into like a oh, suit. Man. So I was like, oh, fuck. Um, so anyways, I went home or like went back to the dorms and I was like, man, that was cool. Like that kid is... Like, that's why he's so successful. And I like, that was a moment I was always super enthusiastic and seeing it in him. I was like, yeah, being enthusiastic is cool. Like yeah. being the cool kid in the corner that's like not talking to anyone is fucking lame. Like that isn't mm -hmm. like, yeah, maybe that was cool in high school, but that's not going to get you anywhere. So um, like three months pass 
and Mac Miller drops Blue Slide Park, which is like an album that the artwork's a painting. And he, the picture he uses like for the promo for him, um, he's wearing my hat. Sick. And so like within three months, my hat's on the homepage of iTunes. And so that was like kind of a magical moment. I was like, fuck, like I'm doing something right. So yeah, from there it all progressed and blah, blah, blah. So shout out to Mac Miller, man. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Was he living in Dumbo at the time? No, this he's 18. This was he's way like before. Barely he's like kind of famous but not that famous like before like yeah, he Crazy. wasn't he wasn't I think he was living in Pittsburgh. Beginning of YouTube like yeah. just putting putting yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's he's amazing. literally 18 or 17 so it's insane. So, um no yeah, this was way before everything. That's amazing. Um yeah, I I think you know what that relates back to you were talking about energy. Right. And they have to meet you. Right. Your energy will take you the distance. Yeah. Like if you're on it, like I'm sure they saw the energy and they're like, oh, amazing. Like hang around. Like, right. and that's why he liked you. If you came in, you know, like you were talking cool kid in the corner as like they do to the t shirts, right. like, it, w- it would have been over very quickly. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm big in like the energy. Yeah. That stuff, but like I think it's just enthusiasm, man. Yeah, like, sure. be excited Passion, to be yeah. where you're at, and don't be afraid to like tell people how like amazing and excited you are about the current situations you're in. Yeah, um, because like I have a lot of people that come to the store, and like, well, like you can't say no to that. Like, if someone's so enthusiastic over time you have to accept him in because you're just like, this dude is just, all he wants is just so ex- happy to be here. So yeah, like maybe the first time it comes off as like aggressive and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> but like, that's the person that's going to... This dude keeps following yeah, yeah. Man, what the hell? <laughs> exactly. And I think at the end, like it, if you're like, obviously like talented and working hard on whatever else you want to make, but I think enthusiasm's big. That's super important. So at what point was that the first, so that was the first celebrity encounter, I'm assuming. That was the first celebrity endorsement. And did that make you think, man, I should be doing this for more celebrities or higher profile people? Or did that make you think, man, I just want everybody to be able to have this? What I was, what I was so excited about the brand and Kid Super was like, it was introducing me to people that I was excited to meet, not to wear my clothes, just to talk, just to like, like... I remember um, uh, one of the, like the second people to really support, but to support really hard were the underachievers um, from Brooklyn. And they, I remember um, we met and like really liked each other and kind of clicked, but I was like, okay, can I do like your album art? Can I do your a music video? Can I do it? Cause so like t-shirts was just the catalyst for me to get into the world of just making things with different people that I liked. It was always like the foundation that, uh, it was making me money. It was something that, uh, could pay for and support everything else, but also was introducing me to people that I could collaborate on different levels. And so that was what I was super excited about. Um, and th- the other great thing is I named, I named it kid super and kind of, it was built around this idea that like anything's possible. You can, you're a superhero. There are no limits. So if I want to one day try to be like, or one day do a music video, one day do a claymation, one day do a fashion show, one day uh, go play professional soccer, one day, you know, be a math scientist major. That's all kid super because it 
at the end of the day, it's just, uh, what I also want to, like, it's not about trying all these different things. It's like excelling in many different things and giving your, like, all to all these different things. That was what Kid Super was about. So the t-shirts got me in there and then we'll see where it takes me. With that being said, what is most exciting to you right now? Um, I've, uh, as I was saying before, like I've kind of set it up to the point where anything I want to do is kid super. Yep. So, um, what I'm excited now is like, obviously I was saying we're doing yeah. this fashion show in Paris, which first streetwear brand from Brooklyn is kind of a big deal. And then, um, also kind of, I like literally got rejected from the official calendar, but everyone gets rejected. Um, like there, the questions are like, how many stores do you have in Paris? And, you know, so I was like, there's a lot of zeros across the board, but I knew I was getting it rejected, but we're going to just do it at the same time in the same place. 10 years, 30. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I've been working on that different, um, media stuff. I've always been pitching like a kid super series. So that's something I've been pitching and stuff. So, that's a that's a a goal. Um, the music videos, videos, short films, stuff like that, we've been doing. Um, the clothing's always fun. I have a big art show in September. Got Where's this, that going to be at? In New York. Um, and so that's a another world. That's a hilarious world. The art world um, to try to break into and be considered um like a serious artist Mm -hmm. even though i didn't go to art school and didn't have like the traditional upbringing yep um super kid super yeah we'll see where it all ends up i think yeah i think the brand is strong so the brand identity the brand story is strong and that's always been super important to me i think that's amazing especially to get to the point where you're in a position where you can do anything you want Right. There's not like there's literally nothing better than that. Right. Be able to wake up every morning and be like, oh, I can do this. Right. Realistic. It's super. Yeah. Oh, I can do this. I can do that. I can do that. And it's all super tangible because that's the most important thing. Right. It's not just like these hierarching ideas that you know you think about every week and then three months down the road they don't actually happen. Like right. You can wake up one morning and be like, oh, I'm gonna start a podcast and then actually go out and execute on it. So many people have told me to start a podcast, but I was like, who watches podcasts? <laughs> no, but uh, my podcast idea, um, I wanted to, I mean, I wanted to interview all the gurus of the world yep. and try to figure out what the secret to life is. That's and, one of the main reasons I wanted to do this. And that's my, um, that's my, one of my podcast ideas. What is the secret to life from all, every guru and blah, blah, blah. But um, <laughs> I need this set up. So... Maybe sometime soon. Podcasts are blowing up these days. Yeah, video podcasts in particular. Right. People can watch on any platform. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's super interesting. But, you know, across all content, things change, people change. You know, Facebook at one point was where everybody consumed all of their content. Right. Now and it's my was, mom. Then there, was, <laughs> then there was a switch over to Snapchat where everybody was consuming 10-second content. 60 second content on Instagram. Now people are starting to switch over to this longer form interview where you can really get to know somebody. And, you know, that's, that's one of the main reasons I love doing stuff like this because instead of like, you know, learning 
the secret to life. Right. You know, I, I, I need a couple more years to be able to do that, <laughs> but uh, or to even want to pursue that, but more so just hear interesting stories from people that I admire and right. think, you know, have lived uh, lives that I have not. Right. Because then you get little doses of that, you put all the pieces together, and then you feel more fulfilled regardless of whatever it is. But I like the position of being able to wake up every day and then being able to do whatever you want. This is one thing that whenever I phrase it to people, if they ask like, well, where do you want to be in five years? I want to be able to wake up one morning and be able to go to the Bahamas and do something completely out of my industry. Like I work in sports and right. basketball and sports management, a little bit of like music with record label and distribution stuff. But I want to be able to wake up, go scuba dive and be able to justify it by making a video out of it. Right. Well, that's, with the video stuff and creating a personal brand, you can do that. It's tangible. But, um, and then that leads into like the whole vlog culture and stuff like that. Which I'm not necessarily a fan of. I also am not a fan of. But um, So toxic. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone always wanted me to, uh, or always said to vlog my st- the stuff. But I mean, I also am super passionate. I like the. I also like the person who's just like in his basement making things for like ten years and yeah. then becoming successful. So that's another thing. Like I was stressed with the kid super story. It's like we were just talking about two thousand ten and like two thousand six and yeah. stuff when I was starting. So like this wasn't an overnight success, and I'm nowhere near um, successful at the moment. I think so. It's like what I also always try to hammer in is like sticking to it and like, just like not losing, um, not losing the enthusiasm that started. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't, I didn't start making t-shirts. It was like, Oh, I want to be this super famous streetwear designer. I was like, wait, I like making this stuff. I like the process. So don't get jaded by the process. I think every day when I wake up and I have a new thing to do, that is exciting and fun. Right. Yeah, if you pick up the basketball wanting to be LeBron James for right. the off the court perks, right. you will never be right the five foot version of LeBron <laughs> James. Like you will never be a starter on your high school team, right. let alone be LeBron James. So I think that it all comes back to just being passionate about something and doing it when nobody's watching. Right. That's, that's the most important thing. Like if you're doing uh, what you're doing with zero attention, zero cameras, and zero expectations of others, then you are going to win if you continue doing it. Yeah. Um, that's uh, the moral of the story. <laughs> Stick to it. Don't give up. And yeah, persistence and enthusiasm. And yeah, not everything's also, not everything's as like great as people think it is. That's another For thing. For sure. And so we're, we're over glorifying, I think, a lot of this weird world we live in. Yeah, and you hear a lot of people that have done these amazing things and have done exactly what you want to right. do in your life. And then you ask them, like, how does it feel? It's like, eh. right. On to the next. Yeah. But nope. that's the best part about it. Like that's the workout. You feel better afterwards. It's, you know, great chit chat. Like it's whatever it Hezenia. is. Yeah. I'm going to start using that. Hazenya. It's a good word. I always was like, maybe I should just call this brand Hazenya. But kids who off brand, off brand, off brand, <laughs> knock off. Yeah. <laughs> We've definitely thought of Collab. creating a million off brand. We wanted to start a brand that was just like something in Japanese and just be like a super Japanese brand. And then we'd be like, this 
brand from Japan like sponsored us. And it would just be us on the side. What I love <laughs> is if you wrote a word that nobody understood and made it very difficult too, like yeah. You know, you have instances where like Ariana Grande gets like barbecue chicken tattooed thinking that it's somebody else (laughs) or something else. I I think that's kind of hilarious. Yeah, just rebrand. Supposedly like Stella Artois is like a super shitty beer in like Belgium or where it's from. But they like brought it here and like put it in like that nice. crushed it. And now it's like a fancy (laughs) beer. So that's basically what I want to do with Kid Super is be a super fancy or shitty brand somewhere else. (laughs) So where do you see yourself in 10 years? 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think... I mean, the goals and stuff is, uh, I never love like talking about where I want to be because I like just like actively trying to do it. But, um, I guess we're on the, you put me on the spot. Um, you want to be playing professional soccer in Spain? Next <laughs> yeah. question. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I want to, I think like the column, which is my name, <laughs> which I don't know if we said, but yeah, my name's column. Um, but Colm as the artist, I think would have his own like lane in terms of fine art. And then the brand hopefully has stores around the world that are like, if you go to the uh, kid superstore now, it's very music um, focused. There's a recording studio in the basement. It's in the heart of um, it's in Brooklyn where I like has a huge music culture, but I'd love to open up a stores around the world focusing on different things. So um, like in Canada, it could be like a skiing or like rock climbing or something. And then like in Japan, it could be like a gallery or like and in L.A., like an acting studio. I don't know, whatever's focused that. And then, um, yeah, hopefully we're doing like films and stuff like that. That's an interesting concept though, modifying a certain space to the culture, yeah. not necessarily just bringing your store over there and selling the same t-shirts <laughs> right. that you're selling over here, but modifying it to uh, be more desirable for whomever would actually go there right. than like the people that will see the Instagram photos that you post from the place. Yeah, and I think it'd be cool to be like releasing products that are focused around whatever that specific stuff is. So if it's like a adventure brand because the store's in somewhere where it's a hiking, climbing area, um, I think that's something I definitely want to start. And then from that, also like the obvious content that comes along with that. Um, Do you want to be documenting more? Yeah, I mean, everybody's always saying it, and like that's yeah. that's also what the TV series is yeah. hopefully about. Um, yeah, documenting more, but documenting it in a way that you know it's Kid Super, and that's been um, like always in the back of my head. But yeah, it's and that's another thing. Like I've been kind of against my word where I haven't started. You know what I mean? Right. It's like fuck it, Colin, just do a. Sh- podcast who cares if the first one sucks it's gonna uh, suck yeah the next 100 might pick up um yeah, if episode 1001 is mediocre then you've you're, a good yeah, job. you've progressed <laughs> um so yeah i think that's um definitely i gotta start i gotta do that and yeah the media i, I think kids super media and kids super kind of content because it has such a clear brand and clear ethos um really is something that's going to grow as well 
Super important. I think from a documenting standpoint too, like imagine if somebody like Shakespeare had right. daily vlogs. Right. Not necessarily that that's the right approach. <laughs> <Shucks>. Imagine <laughs> if we had a couple videos from back in the day of his writing and right. you know, creative uh, or whomever artist from the history of the world or explore whomever. Right. And we're very fortunate to be in a position where it's so tangible. Right. Everybody has a super camera in their pocket that 25 years ago right. somebody would have given their left leg for. Right. You know? And now we have the opportunity to do that and document everything we've done over the course of our entire life yeah. so that when it's all said and done, there's record of it. Yeah. Whereas in opposition, you have to be literally one of the greatest people in the history of the world to have any documentation. Right. Like you could have been the number two Shakespeare back in the day. We don't know who you are. Right. But you can be the number 500 basketball player right now. And we have every highlight since you left middle school. Right. Good or bad thing? Good. Good thing. Good thing. Yeah. Good thing if you play your cards right. Right. Bad no, thing if, if you're not a good person. There's definitely opportunities and things to be made. But yeah, the documenting daily stuff is important. But even not that, like this conversation. So right. Now, the, whatever thoughts were shared throughout the course of the podcast are out there. Right. And hopefully there's like a little kid watching it gets inspired to be his own kid super. I think that's a good place to end the video version of the podcast. We do a couple minute audio exclusive. Ooh. So for everybody watching the video of this right now, hop over to iTunes, SoundCloud, or Spotify, wherever this podcast lives, and check out the audio exclusive final couple minutes. Wow. See you on the next one, guys. This is smart. So the audio exclusive. Got a yes. couple brain teasers for you. Ooh, I like These this. are the hottest questions from the show. Uh, Prepare yourself. They're going to come at you like wow. Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor kicks. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, wow. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a sandwich? Um, yeah. What makes you say that? It's got uh, two breads and meat in between it. So, yeah, I'll give it a sandwich. Also, it's like a sliced open baguette, baguette which I would always consider it um, a sandwich. So yeah, I was really like mentally preparing myself for like a really hard question. <laughs> and then you hit me with that question. So now I was like, I was like, okay, whoa, how am I going to? Well, this one, this one's a little bit more difficult. But yes, is yes the right answer? <laughs> they're get, they're, there is no correct answer. I think, I think yes, yes is a correct answer. Okay, next. Um, how many holes are in a straw? How many holes are in a straw? Um, wow. Uh, Profound questions here on the podcast. Um, how many holes are in a straw? Audio exclusive. Audio exclusive. <laughs> Do people argue with this one? Um, I would, yeah. The, 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 heard zero, one, two, and three, all from NBA players. The three is an interesting one. Three is a real interesting one. Um, the, I would go, I mean, and I'm not trying to, I would, I love to think outside the box, but I don't think I am with this one. Um, if it's, I mean, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> I could, uh, damn, I could see zero. Um, Walk us through your thinking on this one. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I'm trying to like extrapolate it as like a piece of paper. And then if it's a piece of paper, it's just rolled. So there are no holes in the paper. Um, so I might go with um, zero just to be like that guy. 
Fuck. <laughs> that was stressful. Bro, are you sweating? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay, I'm going to go with zero. And the reason why, okay, I'm going with zero. And because in the new straws that are like uh, made out of paper, like yeah. the paper straws, the way we're moving, I actually designed the logo or a t shirt for Lonely Whale. Okay. And, and their whole thing is no straws. So Respect. I'm, so I'm strawless these days. So, and the way they make, um, the new straws out of paper and cardboard is it's a piece of paper that just gets rolled. Mm. So there actually are no holes in it. Fuck. That was the <laughs> longest straw answer <laughs> I've ever heard. Who said three or why? I, what's the, what's the, the idea is that you have two and then the entire one going throughout. I think that was their thought mm, process. Mm, wow. Like the cylinder. Yeah, like, mm, the, like calculating the volume of a cylinder. Right, you go that, circumference. I don't know if they did that, but that was the that that might have been the greater thought process behind it. That's a genius uh, guy. <laughs> I think he plays for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Um, if a fork is made of gold, mm-hmm. is it still silverware? <laughs> That's a funny one. Um, yes, but I do like the like pun and play on words. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. That's like like is a if a if the Pope has holes in his shirt, is he extra holy? You <laughs> <laughs> right. might have to use that one. <laughs> um but yeah, um yeah, I do think it's silverware. Who do you think would win in a fight? A one pound kid super or a f- or fifteen hundred one pound kid supers? Okay. Or one fifteen hundred pound. Um so uh, the the really heavy one guy is definitely crushing the little kid supers. You think so? Even if they come at you from all angles simultaneously, but they're only them. one pound. They're only one pound each. So like I I ship a lot of clothing, so I know how much a one pound translates to like a hoodie, and it's less than a hoodie. So these are really small kid supers, and there's a fifteen hundred pound kid super. Yeah, but there are fifteen hundred of the small ones. That's a lot. Yeah, but you could kill one so easily. But think about how long it takes you to even count to 1,500. Yeah, but like when you look at a little ant farm, that's like a billion. (laughs) And you were fucking crushing all of those. You you know what a crazy ant fact is though? If you stacked all the ants in the world on top of each other, they weigh more than all the humans stacked on top of each other. Wow. I thought you were going to say that they can like lift five times their weight, which is also like... A crazy. I think it's more than yeah. five times. Like if an ant were our size, they could easily lift cars. Yeah, Ant Man. Um, <laughs> so you you're taking the fifteen hundred pounder. Yeah, uh, you didn't let the little ones weigh enough. Is my point. I appreciate the thought you put into these questions, my friend. Thank you for coming on the podcast. This has been an absolute blast. Where on social can they find you? Um, at Kid Super. Um, on most. If not all, I don't think I'm on uh, TikTok yet, but I heard that's booming. Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> Till I start dance videos. Find him at Kid Super and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you.